welcome to Relate and Meditate, the fast food of meditation with Daisy Clementine. Hello everyone, I hope you're having a really nice week. Um, you're back, so I'm hoping that you've been enjoying the previous episodes and you've been relating to hopefully one of the topics and I'd love to hear how your meditating has been going. I'm still on Struggle Street, but we are in it together and let's keep trying. So in today's episode, we spoke to Cam Walker, aka Struthless. He's an illustrator, a cartoonist, animator, and I would say mental health pioneer. His YouTube channel has been such a source of comfort for me more times than one. He started putting out quite a few of those videos now on his IGTV and I know so many other people he would have helped just by taking a quick glance in his comment section. So I really encourage you to go and check it out. His blunt honesty combined with such dark, funny humor is just a winning combination. This episode is all about sobriety, drunk war stories, and the ways drinking can sometimes make us feel about ourselves. We recorded this episode a while back when I actually wasn't drinking and I'm now recording this intro a week after probably my drunkest night of 2021, which has literally thrown me into an all too familiar mental health spin. Um, Personally, I've had a real love-hate relationship with alcohol. And despite last week's slight overindulgence, I've managed to get a pretty decent handle now on knowing my limits. Um, It really only took like 10 years, numerous blackouts, injuries, one horrible breakup and countless Sundays of self-loathing. But hey, progress is progress. Full disclosure and potentially a trigger warning, this episode does delve into the topic of drug and alcohol addiction, so maybe give this one a skip if it's not for you today. Just a quick note on the meditation as well. So as we really didn't feel comfortable, confident, or to be really honest, capable enough to write and record a meditation to help anyone with addiction issues, we've created one around not taking your drinking too far and trying to stay true to your good intentions for your evening. This meditation really won't be for anyone battling serious addiction issues and we really encourage anyone going through that to seek professional help and maybe not help on a podcast nicknamed the fast food of meditation. You get the idea. Enjoy today's episode. Please let me know your thoughts. Um, And if you could, it would be so helpful if you could go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review and a rating and subscribe because that helps me reach more people and get the word out there. So yeah, much appreciated if you could do that. Hey Cam. Hey Daisy, how are you? 
I'm good. We're actually faking the introduction because we had some tech issues. So let's just be upfront about it. Um, Radical honesty. I love it. <laughs> what a pillar. I think it's the only way, really. Me too, me too. I can also really tell when I listen to a podcast and the hello is faked. So let's just, let's just call it what it is. I like um, that. <laughs> so... Thank you for joining. Um, I know we've gone back and forth on quite a few topics, uh, lots of good juicy ones in there, but I would love to know where you've landed and what you would like a meditation for and why. I would love a meditation for sobriety because it's a journey that I've been on for a while, um, not ultra successfully, I will caveat, but it's a journey that I am looking to stay on um, definitely at this point in my life and a meditation on that would just be, Oh, it'd just be swell. Mm. I feel like, uh, alcohol is such a good one because especially I think towards, towards the end of last year and this year, I've noticed so many, um, more conversations happening around this whole notion of sober curious, which I think was termed by a British writer called, oh, I think Ruby Warrington or Ruby Worthington, probably her name wrong. Um, and she wrote this book called Sober Curious, which is basically like, as it sounds like people that are curious about getting sober and that combined with like, the rise of alcohol-free drinks, I think has been really interesting to see. Like it's almost, it's almost trending. It, it is almost a trend. I have seen as well um, that alcohol consumption per capita has gone down from Gen Z by and large for, from millennials, which I find very interesting. That is interesting. Like, I wonder why it is. Like I think I actually met... Um, it was at Laneway last year. So like just before um, the whole <laughs> coronavirus situation yeah. kicked in, um, we were with um, an artist who was Gen Z and she like hates alcohol. And she was like, oh no, like I'm not going to drink anything. Like the smell of it makes me feel sick. I think it's like disgusting. And I was like, when I was, I probably started drinking and I don't mean like heavily but I probably started hmm. drinking when I was like 14 15 and yeah. I like couldn't wait to drink alcohol like that was not the vibe when I was younger at all it was like this um like fun juice you know that you could in like yeah. really indulge in and it's yeah it's definitely interesting to see a bit of a shift in the generations maybe we were just so embarrassing that yeah <laughs> younger generations like not nah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Exactly. That is that is typically how generation changes, isn't it? They just cringe at what their older older cousins are doing. And they're like, nah, yeah. Not for me. Yeah, no, nah, it was interesting. Yeah, when we were kids, it was just um whatever you could get your hands on, you just did, right? Oh my god, I honestly remember making the most disgusting concoctions because and I'm sure you must have done this as well. I feel like everyone would have done this at some point. Like mm. raiding your parents' liquor cupboard and just taking like a tiny bit of everything. And just like, mixing <laughs> it together. I mean, maybe like no one else did that, but it's it's pretty vile. But um, you know, I, I had to, yeah. Um, that sounds just truly awful. Um, <laughs> like it, it reminds me of um King Cup. Like I don't know if you ever played that. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I had I had this buddy growing up, and the way that he used to, he used to do it is oh god, he was so disgusting. He would put in vanilla essence and Listerine because this is like before you could buy alcohol oh. and you put them into a jar and just drink that and I'm like man that's fucked up that's wow it's, up. it's funny <laughs> like the desperation for it you know mm -hmm. mm. like anything will do um 
I weirdly, and this is, I mean, not alcohol related, but I, I think still in the same vein, I, I have a really bad memory, but every so often I kind of remember something from when I was younger mm. and I had this weird memory of, did you ever have Pro Plus in Australia? They're like caffeine pills. Ah, uh, we had no dose. Yeah, right. So probably yeah. this, probably the same thing. But and you could yeah. just get them at um, like the chemist or yeah. supermarket. Yeah, the servo. Yeah. Yeah, and sure. I remember like kids at my school used to like literally crush them up and snort them. And snort them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I feel like it's the same vein. It's like drinking a whole <laughs> bottle of like Listerine essentially with vanilla essence, like yeah, snorting your like- pro plus. So true. It's like there's like a G-rated version of everything, like uh, like sculling. Um, I don't know, like a cough syrup that was also like pretty big. And then you'll yeah, be like, yeah. It's just all these like gross ways that teenagers like get loaded. Hey, <laughs> and it's funny because it's like it's almost it's almost like you're craving to be more grown up, but you kind of execute it so poorly that it's like just <laughs> <laughs> it's not really like an adult vibe at all. But um, no. Nah it's you try your best yeah yeah (laughs) um what was your first experience with alcohol can you remember um it came uh the first I was probably uh not really I mean it all kind of drugs and alcohol came at the same time um but I golly I would have been 12 or 13 and on a beach and I think it was like New Year's maybe. And yeah, my friend was just like, he had all these cruises that he had taken from a nearby Esky and he's like, let's drink them. And I'm like, let's. And that would have been, that was number one. I don't think we got like particularly drunk, but it was exciting. Yeah. I feel like um, cruiser cruises are definitely a go-to first yeah. experience um, drink. We had like Smirnoff Ice in the UK or WKD, which yeah. it's all pretty much the same thing, right? It's basically just like minimal alcohol, maximum sugar. So you yeah. kind of feel like really jacked up anyway, because you're just it's like, <laughs> that's way too much sugar to be putting in your body. Um, yeah, it's a candy bar dipped in vodka. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, and I guess like from that experience and the funny thing about alcohol and you know when people are like oh what's your relationship with alcohol the first thing that I would ever say is that it's you know it's a very long-term one it's not um it's not something for most people that you kind of just go through a bit of a phase of and then it drops off it's something that starts and then um it does kind of continue through your life and maybe it comes to a bit of an abrupt halt at some points but um yeah what what would you say your relationship has been with alcohol like what how did it expand from that very first like new year's eve cruiser experience yeah. well i mean i guess like it it sort of got lumped into the wider category of drugs and alcohol um because not too long after that i discovered drugs which that was just the most exciting thing in the world um, <laughs> what kind of drugs are we talking oh what were your gateways uh, oh man my gateway was actually it was it was super fucked like the first time that I like properly smoked weed um it was at my friend's house and her brother was this this is like it went from zero to a hundred real quick because like her brother was just shooting up heroin in the corner oh my and, god yeah and he was and he's just like here have a cone and I'm like I guess this is drugs. I guess that's what we're doing. Oh, no. And so, yeah, it went from zero to a hundred real quick. So like, I think that kind of influenced me to be like, oh, 
nothing's off limits. Yeah, that's Um, so interesting because I feel like normally, um, well, I don't know if it's like fair to say hmm. normally, but I think the standard pattern that I've seen in people is that like weed always comes first and it's like, you know, you dip Mm. your toes into that and thing other things kind of get introduced down the track, but clearly you had quite an abrupt introduction. Yeah. But like, I didn't have much of a reference point. Like I'd done like, you know, like stupid things, but like, I was like, okay, this is, I guess what all drugs are. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, which I think kind of opened the floodgates pretty gnarly when I was a teenager and I was like, all right, time to do it all. Mm. And so by the time that I'd sort of kicked a few habits by the time I was maybe like 20, I think alcohol felt like a safe normal to arrive mm. on and to be like socially acceptable. So, which is dangerous in itself. Cause then you're just like, Oh, this is, this is the good one. You know, the, like yeah. this is the one that you can buy in the, in the shop. So like my relationship was like, it was like, uh, it wasn't harmful, which mm. I think is extremely harmful. And it's not until later where I was like, Oh, this is actually, um, poison. Yeah. It's actually crazy. When I, um, was looking up a few things, the world health organization description of alcohol, uh, is just alcohol is a toxic and psychoactive substance with dependence producing properties it's like (laughs) okay well I could go and buy as much as I wanted pretty much right now and have it in my house in like the next five minutes so literally it's pretty crazy yeah yeah it's it's bonkers what isn't it meant to be like the second most addictive substance like by by category or like by is, yeah, is I don't a, know. I think. Um, am I misquoting a statistic on a podcast right now? <laughs> no, nah, it's all right. I think um, this is the podcast yeah. to do it on for sure. But um, yeah, I feel like uh, caffeine and alcohol are definitely up there with like the socially acceptable drugs, right? Like that's crazy, isn't it? It is pretty crazy, and I also think what is wild about alcohol is that not only is it completely normal to drink and it's actually so normal to drink that it's almost weird if you don't drink massively yeah and have you have you been through like periods of sobriety yourself yeah so it's it's funny because when you messaged me and uh this was one of the topics I was like I think this would be really interesting because I've had quite a I don't want to say like a turbulent relationship with alcohol, but it's definitely been, it's been kind of like that bad boyfriend, you know, that kind of, you know, something bad will happen. Then you go back to it, something bad will happen. Then you go back to it. And then, you know, you think everything's totally fine. And then, you know, something will happen again. So it's been a bit um, up and down. And actually I haven't drunk now for about three weeks. um, But, not really by choice. Like I had some like stomach medical problems um, and they just advised that I didn't drink caffeine or alcohol for three weeks. So Whoa. it's a good, it's good timing actually that we're chatting about this. <laughs> out of caffeine and alcohol, I'm really struggling with no coffee the most. Like, oh, I can imagine that was, um, that was more the hitter when you said that. Sorry to hear about your stomach as well. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Um, but yeah, I actually basically destroyed my stomach lining last year from way too much coffee. So currently Whoa. dealing with that. Um, but yeah, wow. be, be careful, be careful kids. That's <laughs> crazy. You. Yeah. Um, so actually not drinking at the moment, but I think alcohol for me 
if I wasn't in a very good headspace or just not feeling happy or just feeling a bit off about things and then I would drink um it would always make things a hundred times worse or if it didn't make it worse in the moment it would make it worse the next day like just incredible anxiety the next day even if not literally nothing had happened I think it, it had a very chemical effect on me completely oh god that is so relatable has it ever gotten to the point where you have found your drinking has like inhibited you from like a potential option in, in your life? Like have you ever like lost a job or a relationship? Not Over? really, not really a job. I feel like I'm, I'm very Virgo in the sense that like nothing really tends to get in the way of work for, for me. Oh, can um, relate. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, you know, I've done, I mean, I remember doing presentations like incredibly hungover with like horrible anxiety about it, but um, luckily it's never really affected me badly in that regard, but relationships for sure. Like I, I had quite a long-term relationship and I think a lot of it, a lot of the downfall of it was like my relationship with alcohol. Like I would drink and I would just be insane, like literally an insane person. Like I look back at that time and I'm like, what was like, what was wrong? Like there must've been something fundamentally wrong for the reason why, like I drank in that way then. And like now I still drink, but like I would never like shout at someone in the street or yeah. I used to do crazy, crazy things. Like some of which, you know, quite funny. Like I remember Mardi Gras <laughs> a few years ago. I I actually got really into this like weird phase of like drunk parkour. Like every time I'd get drunk, I was Sick. like, <laughs> I am amazing at parkour and like this is my thing. And uh, <laughs> I tried to do... I tried to do some kind of like backflip off of a bus bench and awesome. apparently like, apparently it looked like it was going to be quite cool. And people were like, Oh, like this is actually really impressive. Like she's really good at parkour. And I just landed really badly. And like, I have like two scars on like both of my knees where oh, I just no. like completely like savaged the landing and it was just not good at all. So oh, I think sorry. like, from drunk injuries to like drunk arguments. Um, it has been, it, and then it's like you wake up the next day and you're like, oh, like why, why would I drink that much? Like, why is it so necessary to drink yes. that much that you like Sorry. change? Um, what about you? Like what's, what have been your, some of your, everyone, the, uh, the one like uniting thing about alcohol is I feel like on the whole, everyone has at least one like war story. You know, that you yeah. share about it. So true. Um, yeah, it definitely like uh yeah, yeah. Um, do you want a war story or do you want a time where it like shut off my life to other options? Yeah. Both. Oh well oh. um uh, there's like some sort of darker ones. Like I got kicked out of uni. Mm. Um that was pretty gnarly, and I got kicked out of home as well, around wow. about the same time. Um, and that, for that what, was, what reasons? Like what? Um, like obviously you're drinking a lot, but and selling. Yeah, I was most more drug related. Mm. Um, yeah, and yeah, I was, I was I was an idiot. Um, and so that kind of like definitely had a lot of pretty lasting uh, repercussions, and I, I think I caused my family a lot of harm as well. Mm. Um, but uh, sort of more, I guess, relatable, funny one um would have been like it was my first corporate job and there was this dude and thank fuck I hate this guy because like oh, 
I don't know, like, <laughs> well, I guess you'll see. So it was a Christmas party and I was like, there was free alcohol, which was a new concept to the 23-year-old me that I was. And I was like, awesome. That means that we should get as drunk as humanly possible. And so I got as drunk as humanly possible and just became an absolute psycho. And then someone was like, oh, should we head to the city, go clubbing? And like, you know, with the entire office, and I'm like, sounds great. So we pile into a maxi taxi. And at this point, all that free alcohol actually hit me and catches up with me and I'm like oh okay I guess we're in a pretty rocking vehicle right now (laughs) and I'm getting swayed side to side and as it would happen this one dude who was the CFO of the company like a high level C-level dude but who for the record I did not enjoy the company of (laughs) we were sat next to each other and pretty much as we went under the harbour bridge from north to south I threw up all over his shoes oh my god at least it was just the shoes not like in the face I guess yeah yeah, I know. Oh, that'd be bad. But then I was like, oh, oh <laughs> I had to God. rock up at work the next day. I'm yeah, always so like that very, was, that was pretty nice. I'm very grateful that I have, I've never been like a vomer, like from drinking. Like I would never feel Oh, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Which I think actually sometimes to my detriment because I would always have horrible hangovers the next day because everything was still oh, true. Holding in. in my body. Um, I mean, well, in terms of... Um, what about now? Like, do you, do you drink now or are you? No, no, no. Yeah. Currently, currently sober. Um, (laughs) um, but you know, like life, life changes if like my entire family died overnight, like, you know, I'm not going to probably adhere to sobriety. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's a, that's quite an extreme, um, circumstance obviously. And, uh, I Mm. guess, do you think that is because it would be a necessary crutch or do you think it's more that uh, you've like healed your relationship with your family from, you know, being kicked out, like from doing drugs and drinking um, and that you wouldn't want to disappoint them? Like, where does that come from? Like, why do you not drink? Um, like, what's your like, what, what stops you if you feel like having a drink? What's like, what the do, reason? What do you think? Yeah. I, I get a bit disgusted with the person that I used to be. Um, like when you, when you think about like all the dumb stuff that you've done and it's, and it kind of outweighs all the smart stuff that you've done and you're like, ah, oh, I guess that technically makes me a dumb person. So I get a little bit not into that. And then also like the person that I want to be, um, all the stuff that I want to do, I, I literally just don't think I can, I don't know, you talk about being a Virgo and like, you know, having these goals that like you won't kind of, uh, let not get completed. Mm. I just think that the person that I want to be, I can't drink to be that person. And like, I just have, I don't know, it's an issue of self-respect for me. Like Mm. if I, if I really want self-respect, if I really actually want to like myself, like I just need to um, be a grown up when it comes to substances. So Mm. that's, that's me. And it's like, it's not like I'm perfect in any stretch of the imagination, like, but like, that's roughly my mindset. Yeah. And I think, um, I really remember when I was drink cause I've never really been someone to drink like a lot every day, but I was a pretty hectic, like weekend binge drinker, which I think a lot of people are, you know, like it was so normalized mm, to the mm. point where I didn't even really think Absolutely. it was problematic, um, for a really long time, like probably not until like the last two or three years. Um, and I think with, with some people like you, they can stop, like they can stop 
at the point where it's like, oh, I feel a bit drunk and like, I feel like I'm going to be embarrassing. And then people just take the decision to, you know, go home or stop drinking. And I think a lot of people like don't have that off switch. And so true. Once you're on the train, you can't stop it. Yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting to me about that is like, what is it? And like, what is that off switch? And, um, what goes through, what goes through like your mind, like when it's, it's almost like you just hit like the fuck it button, right? Like you're just like, fuck it. Like I'm just going to like annihilate myself and, um, like, I don't care. Like future me can deal with this. Like, have you ever been able to drink and stop? Like it's under, yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, I don't, I don't do it as well as I do, you know, like that quote, it's like, uh, I find it easier to eat no chips than one chip. Mm. Um, that's, that's kind of like more, I guess my philosophy towards it. But, um, I, I always thought like the, the fuck it button came from like, not really giving, like not, uh, looking forward to the person that you'd be tomorrow. So it's like, mm. well, it doesn't matter if I make them worse. So I, I don't know, like for me, it's like, it's every time that I've ever been in fuck it mode, it's because like bad stuff's going on That's either so consciously true. or subconsciously around my life. That's so true. And I remember like when I was trying to get more of a grip on it, I would always um, book things for the next day because if I had something on the next day, like, you know, I had my mm. gym class or like I had like a commitment that I had to do like with a friend, like go to breakfast or something. Like, my friends have a joke that I never used to go to breakfast. Like I would never commit to them because a, like I don't really eat breakfast and B, like the thought of being hungover and like in a open space was just like horrifying. Yes. Um, <laughs> With like babies and stuff. Oh my God. Like mm. I just, I have such a phobia of like feeling sick or like vomit in front of other people. So I was like, that is just wow. a hard, um, a hard no from me. But um, yeah, it's when I had something on the next day, I found that it was much it was much easier to like stay connected to myself because it was like and I know it sounds really dramatic but it's like you kind of remember you have a future like and when you don't have the stuff on the next day you're just like whatever we just have tonight and YOLO and just do whatever you want yeah 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 like a like a like a dance song lyrics you know yeah all about tonight yeah Um, golly um that is that's that's a great little hack isn't it playing something on the on the following morning yeah, I feel like it is a good hack and I think it brings you um, back around to your values too, right? Like if you have something that you are working towards or you want to do, if you book it for the next morning after you do have a big night out, it's like it instantly kind of grounds you and brings you back. And I actually said that I'd never say the word grounds on this podcast, but I think in this respect, <laughs> it's the only way I can really, it's the only way I can really articulate it. Um and it oh, I love back. I love banning words. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I really un, un, unpack out of myself. I, I never want to say the word unpack. Oh, that's a good <laughs> one. I've banned journey. Um, anything to do with like oh, chakras, good. or I've just I haven't really started the socials yet. By the time this is up, I would have hopefully. Um, but <laughs> I was like, I'm never going to post like a sunset picture with a quote over it. Like, was when I um when I was doing my market research for this and I was looking at a few meditation accounts, that was basically all yeah. just like sunset photos with an inspirational quote over it. And I was like, that is just yoga on a rock. Yeah. It's just, you know, there's a market for it, but it's not, it's definitely not, um, for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I respect that <laughs> as a, as a branding decision. Um, and 
if this is too personal, just let me know. But have you, hit me, what, hit me. what are your views on AA? Have you done AA? Um, I read or listened to, because I'm a slow reader, mm. um, Russell Brand's interpretation of the 12 steps. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen his book, Recovery. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, I haven't read it myself, but I've definitely oh, it's seen awesome. it. So like, yeah. Um, so yeah, he basically like, cause a lot of the original, who's the guy, Bill, oh, I can't remember. Um, the original AA, is it called the big book? Um, with the 12 steps in it. It, it's um, very sort of Christian and it might mm. be a bit archaic. I think it was written like in the 30s or 40s or something. Mm. But, um, yeah, he sort of did like the modern version and he includes like a lot of his old sort of uh, uh, the, the things that he did that weren't exactly like socially acceptable and how he's applied each step into his life. And that was a that was a brilliant read. And mm. um, it's funny like... Knowing sober people, I don't know, for whatever reason, and this is going to sound name droppy, but it's for a purpose of a story. It's not even a name drop. But, like, I don't know. Like, I, I sort of um, I got chatting a lot um, about sobriety with Osha, just of all random people that it would be. And, like, he took, like, a keen interest in talking about it because he was, like, a pretty severe alcoholic. Mm. And his recommendation was, I think, is it step four where you start writing the letters? He would always say, he's like, when you're doing it, just make sure that you get past that, that step where the letters and actually told people that you're sorry for all the, like, stuff that you've done in the past and you've actually apologised and made up for it. So mm. I'm yet to do it personally, but, like, I've definitely done it to a few people. Like, I, I haven't done it because they're meant to say in a AA stuff, they say do it to everybody, but I've definitely done it to a few people where I've, like, apologised for being a fuckwood in the past. But, you know, yeah, I, I could probably I, I pull both. up a few texts on my phone um, from the past. That I've yeah. <laughs> right? A whole bank of them. Mm. What about you? Have you uh, kind of look, looked into that? Yeah, I actually just like fully exposing myself. I have been to AA twice. Um, Alcoholism Mm. is like really big in my family. And so the first time I went, I was maybe, I think I was maybe like 19 or 20. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely around then 18, 19, 20, like that kind of age. And I was in like my first or second year at uni and I was like back in London for some holiday. Like I feel like probably a lot of the reason why I can't remember a lot of um, my yeah. <laughs> like life is because <laughs> I've had so many like big nights, like my memory's bad anyway. And I think alcohol, like, I would always, I would always black out. Like, and I know I've actually read that some of that is genetic. Like some people just physically like can't black out no matter how much they drink, which you know, kind of envious of, but I would always, sometimes I'd literally go out and not even remember that I'd been out. Like it was wild. Um, and I remember this one time without money. Yeah. Well, actually, no, I was a freak. Like I used to like, no matter how drunk I was, I would get home. I would take all my makeup off. I would brush my teeth, like put matching pajamas on and like wake up in the morning. Wow. Like I would look fresh and that was why it was so confusing to me because I was like, what do you mean? I've like gone out and had this huge night. <laughs> Who like, it is? I, no. I look great. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, it was so autopilot though. Like, um, again, yeah. maybe, maybe a Virgo thing. But um, yeah, I remember when I was yeah. back in London for some kind of like holiday period and 
I, you know, had a typical like big night out and I, I have pretty bad anxiety anyway, and it's pretty under control now. But when I used to be hung over, it was like all of my anxious coping mechanisms would just be completely forgotten. And I would just be like in like pure panic attack state. Oh, and, no. um, I woke up at my auntie's house and my auntie's been in recovery for a few years and, uh, I was like severely hung over and anxious. And she was like, well, I don't really know how it came about, but I ended up like going to an AA meeting with her. And I just remember sitting next to this American guy who like sort of everyone was like very nice. And it was a very, very nice mm. AA in like a very like bougie area of London. And uh, mm. this American guy sitting next to me was like, hey, like, so like, how long have you been sober for? And my just like sarcastic teenage self was just like, oh, I don't know, like three hours maybe. Like, I have no idea. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was kind of my first experience of it. And then after maybe, I don't know, like maybe about a year later, I was still kind of in that real like binging pattern at uni, which, you know, I'm very hard on myself, but everyone was really in that pattern. I think because I yeah. had anxiety, it felt a lot bigger for me. And it felt a lot, it, it, like my friends would wake up the next day and just, you know, get McDonald's and then like go on with the rest of their day. And just like, they would, they would be out of function, like through um, a hangover and sh- like just not even kind of think twice about it. Whereas I'd spend the whole day in bed, just like obsessing about, you know, everything that I did. I think, as you said, like, the basis of AA is quite Christian and I don't resonate with um, a lot of, you know, religious scriptures or anything like that. So, Mm. um, yeah, I found it really hard to connect, but something that I was talking, I was actually talking to one of my friends about it last night. We were saying how there kind of needs to be something that's like, it's like AA, but it's, accessible and it's not driven by religion like it's it's Odd. like yeah and it's so many, also so references to god yeah and i think um i think with aa as well what what's quite tricky about it and what's tricky about the word um sober is that it feels so finite like if you say oh i'm i'm sober you know that really and some people that are alcoholics like obviously need to just be a hundred percent sober for the rest of their life. And like, that's just how it is. But I think a lot mm. of people do kind of dip in and dip out and go through periods of sobriety and then, you know, go through periods where maybe you can like have a drink with dinner or like have a night out and it just not At a be, wedding or something. Yeah, yeah. And it not to be like chaotic, you know, like what, like what's yeah. your opinion on that? Do you think, do you think it's possible like for your, for yourself? Yeah, for sure. Like, I wouldn't, like, drink at my wedding and stuff like that. Like, um, don't get drunk. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it's it's, uh, it's the whole flexitarian thing, right? Like, um, yeah, I am somebody who needs guidelines, and I operate a lot better without moderation um, in general. Um, I need I'm, – I'm a sort of – I don't know. I like extremes. Um, yeah, so – for me, I guess everybody's different, right? Like some, some people can just nail the moderation thing or some people can just be like, oh, all right, I only drink like in these situations or I only do X, you know, like they can have modifiers and rules. But I guess, yeah. I guess the whole thing is about finding what works for you and where your body feels really good. Because some people like, 
you know, like I, I look at the word sober and like, you know, it conjures up really ex- exciting kind of images of, I don't know, like health and happiness <laughs> and stability. Um, but I also know that, yeah, like some people see it like a jail sentence to never have fun again. Mm. And the hard thing is it's like, it's like the phenomen- phenomenon of a cheat day, how like by having a cheat day, like, you know, like in your diet or whatever can make you do it for longer because you know that there's like a release. So mm. I think it might be a way for some people to sort of have a healthier body over a longer period of time. So I, I guess whatever works for you is my yeah. is my weird, weird answer to that. Yeah. And I think um, like as someone that's just like currently on like an alcohol break, I think I haven't really been drinking that much previously for me to, everyone's like, oh, do you feel amazing? And I'm like, well, not really. Like I kind of just feel the same to be honest, but Mm. It's quite it's a different story if you go from drinking like quite heavily to um not at all. Um oh, and yeah. so with the meditation, what works yes. what currently works for you in terms of like if say you have that temptation to like have a drink or um you know you feel and I think we do all go through these stages of, you know, whilst yeah, like you can have your own guidelines and your own um, like rules that you've made for yourself. But I think everyone kind of goes through that period of um, weakness where you're like, oh, um, yeah, you know, yeah. I'll just have one or whatever. Like, what do you, what self talk works for you? Um, yeah, good question. Because there's self talk that definitely doesn't. Um, <laughs> like what? Like you know, Throw it out there. Uh, like bar- bargaining i think like when you bargain with yourself you're like all right if i do this then i will definitely do this other thing which i know is good for me so you're like right, like you know you kind of let yourself go back one space to go two forward later mm. um i think that always kind of <laughs> bites bites me um i guess the meditation aspect would help in terms of like observing a craving as opposed to letting it kind of carry away with it so, um if that makes sense, like in the way that a river might carry a boat, you're not on the boat, you're observing the boat. Mm. So I like med- meditation for that aspect in those moments. Um, and then for me, it's also just accountability. Like I just like being that person. And um, I don't know, there's a, there's a Will Smith bit of self, self-talk. I remember in like a Will Smith interview, he was talking about like how treating your body good comes from loving yourself. Like it's like, yeah, I could drink this six pack, but like to yourself, I love you too much to let you be the person who's drank a six pack. Do you know Mm. what I mean? That's, and that's such a good one because I think so much of the time, like with alcohol and even with just like shitty food, right? Like it's like, it gets Mm. positioned as, Oh, I'll treat myself to, um, I'll treat myself to this because, you know, like, I love myself but then if you actually break it down it's like, a hard day and, well yeah. yeah like it's like actually you're kind of doing yourself a bit of a disservice mm. and if you really love yourself then you you know f- fill yourself up with good stuff mm. that's so interesting I, it's so much easier said than done so much easier said than done yeah <laughs> like, but sometimes you also just don't want to think either right like that that was always it for me. Yeah, I was just like, want- I'm done with thinking for today. And I don't feel like, um, not that I don't feel like loving myself. I'm just like, oh, like, I just don't want to think about that today. Like, I just want to go back you want to, to switch off. Yeah. yeah. Like, go back to old habits. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. Really? I think the accountability and linking it back to like, who do I actually want to be? 
tomorrow? Like, do I want to stay in bed all day or like, do I want to be an anxiety spiral or do I want to like get up and like create, you know? Yeah. There was another good one that I heard. I can't remember who said it, but they're just like, uh, drinking is just borrowing happiness from tomorrow. Mm. Like, yeah, that's, that's pretty damn true. That's a good one. Um, and mm. with your art, like, do you ever, I know a lot of your art, like you do have like quite funny drug references, um, and alcohol mm. references. Do you find that that helps you kind of um, yeah, the piss sure. a little bit and like positioning it in a bit of a lighthearted, like a more lighthearted way? Cause obviously like what we're talking about is pretty, it's a pretty heavy topic, but I think it's so widespread that it doesn't, it doesn't have to be. I think it's good to talk about it with an element of normality, which is why I think your art's so great and important. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's a huge compliment. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess I'd, I'd hope I, um, yeah, I'd hope that like laughing around, like just adding humor to anything I think is always a good idea. Um, and like painting with a broad brush, obviously. And I guess like, yeah, substance abuse is no, is no different. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I think, um, in terms of like mental illness and things like that as well, I've seen a lot of accounts pop up that do you kind of take the piss and like put it in that, um, you know, different light. And it is important just to be able to kind of laugh about these things and, know that like a lot of things especially um you know relationship with alcohol and drugs and um that it's it's not a choice for some people but if it is a choice for you and it's fixable then you can kind of shift your thinking around it and um like choose to take a different a different path like if someone had told me you know even five years ago like oh you will eventually like consider not drinking at all or um you know you'll become like quite sober curious and you know you'll go and buy like non-alcoholic beers like I love those um have you heard of the brand heaps normal yes I had some on the weekend yeah so good and I don't know if it's placebo like I don't know what it is but it actually makes me feel like chilled out like as if I'd had a beer I think because the taste is completely on and also the ritual of it, like like the whole tinny crack sounds, you just like, like it does something to you where you're like, ah, it's relaxing mode now. Yeah. You realize it's not all the alcohol at work. Like some of it's just the ritual. Yeah, that's so true. So I guess um, when we kind of look to craft this meditation, there'll be a bit on, you know, accountability and like looking ahead the next day and maybe a bit on like, um, you know, how can you like maintain rituals Um without Mm. and like stop link like stop linking your relaxation to alcohol like you know you can relax in other ways even if it's not as you know not as socially accepted I think what's crazy to me is that when people invite you out for a drink and you're not drinking people are genuinely concerned about you (laughs) so Uh. it's like (laughs) it's like how do you um how do you come up with other solutions like where you can relax and it doesn't have to be like a a full party situation Mm, completely and um it's it's cool because like the first time that I ever really saw like young sobriety or like people who are my age saying no to drinks Mm. um I was like you can just do that. <laughs> I was, I was like, it was such a shock. And I was like, all right, cool. I guess, I guess I'm going to try that once. Yeah. And I actually, mm. I have so much respect for people that, um, can just say no and like, don't drink at all. And they're totally fine with that. I think it's such an, imp- it's such an important social lubricant for me a lot of the time that, 
that's like that would be my main thing that I would have to crack in, in order to like not want to drink anymore. I think you know, like yeah, going to a party, absolutely. don't know anyone, and um, not drinking as well is just like far too daunting of an experience for me as it currently stands. But you never know. <laughs> maybe one day yeah (laughs) um anyway thank you so much this has been so interesting and um i hope that anyone listening gets a lot out of this i think it's an important thing to be chatting about and um destigmatizing you know well thank you very much for having me i really appreciated it i'm sure we'll chat soon thank you so much absolutely i'll talk to you soon daisy Now that you've related to the issue at hand, it's time for a very short and manageable meditation. It's really more of a pep talk to help you shape your thoughts. Please don't listen to these meditations whilst driving or doing anything else where you need to concentrate. The episode will end at the end of the meditation to give you some time to reflect. It would be so appreciated if you could please, please, please subscribe and share this podcast to help it reach more people and leave a review with any niche meditations you would like to hear in the next episodes. Enjoy. Firstly, well done on even tuning into this meditation. You've caught your Pinot Grigio craving in its tracks. Or maybe the craving hasn't come yet, but you're getting prepared. We're going to sit for five minutes, breathe, observe the craving, and think rationally and objectively about the pros and cons of giving into it. We're going to do this meditation as you drink two full glasses of water, our active service to you to keep you mindful and hydrated. Take a sip now. Take a big sip. Breathe in, breathe out. Firstly, let's think of future you. Future you is currently looking pretty great. You're smashing goals, you're moving your body, you're connecting with your loved ones, you're feeling vibrant and in flow, you're happy and energized. Picture yourself. What does tomorrow look like for you? What are you excited about? Visualize yourself already doing it now. How good does it feel? Take a deep breath in. Breathe out. Ask yourself, if you drink tonight, will you be able to wake up and catch the sunrise tomorrow? Will you still be able to sit down and create or make progress on a project you've been meaning to work on? What's the likelihood that you'll complete your morning routine? Will you be cool with the person you see in the mirror? Breathe in, breathe out. You deserve to relax. You deserve to take a break from the demands of work, to check out from anything stressful. We get it. 
You don't have to be 100% all the time. Sometimes you just want to cut loose. We understand. Just remember you know yourself. If you want to have a drink and you know how to stop, have one. Have two. Be conscious of your limits. If you know you're not drinking to escape yourself, that's okay. Be gentle with yourself. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be 100% sober or 100% blacked out. Find a middle ground. Regularly check in with yourself. If it helps, set alarms on the hour every hour when drinking as an interruption from your well-intentioned past self to check back in. Breathe in. Breathe out. Thank you.